Welcome back. No, welcome back to you. No, welcome back to you. No. Long time no see, kind of. Is it? I was going to say, <laughs> I think it's been a long time no hear. A long time no record, yeah. There you go. Because yeah. I have seen you. Yeah, so like, let's catch people up. Yes. <laughs> All the things. So, because we, we've definitely taken a hiatus from we, recording because of reasons. Because of reasons. What were those reasons? Those reasons were things like, as we all heard in the previous episodes, uh, me moving. So as of this weekend, this past weekend, which was, we are recording. Let's just say as of this recording. This is a much more important milestone. Yeah, as yeah. of this recording, I have officially 100% moved everything from Maryland to Michigan. And so... Everything that you wanted to. Everything that we wanted to. <laughs> Isn't that the great thing about moving is the purge? Oh my god. Yeah. I mean I mean it's painful. I'm I'm don't get me wrong, but but to not have to take that stuff. Right? Well, it was it was it was too it was it was a little twofold there because what it was, it was, you know, man, I really hate getting rid of this. But then it's like, why did we hold on to this for so long? Yeah. <laughs> this thing I've never I haven't seen in ten years. I I still have Exactly. This. So like <laughs> <laughs> so we lived in our house in Maryland for 14 years. And as I've stated in the past, it's a, it was a small house, five people, 985 square feet with a basement. So do the math. It was tight. We made do and it was fine. But what was interesting about the whole thing was when we went to go and get a U-Haul truck and you know, there's the 20 footer, which is, it says that it could be, you know, up to a three bedroom house. Like, okay, well, we've got a three bedroom house. If you're good at jigsaw puzzles. If you're good at Tetris, which, yeah, there you, go. you That's know, better now. <laughs> then 3D Tetris. Because I was Tetrising the living bejesus yeah. out of that. If we that. turn the bed upside down, oh my put gosh. it in backwards, and if we, if we slide it in with this, with the refrigerator under it. I got I got so much stuff jammed in there, but unfortunately, I didn't get everything in there because what would have been better is to go and get the um you know the twenty six foot truck right. and have room to spare. And well, yeah, right. no, you would, just found, you would have been worse at the jigsaw at the Tetris. I kept calling it Jenga, you know, but Jenga is what Jenga is when you're unpacking. And trying not to like, you know, have when everything it all fall over. In. Exactly. <laughs> and Tetris is when you're packing. Yeah. So. I mean, the um, good thing about a tightly packed truck is you don't have to tie anything down. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely not at all. I mean, it was, everybody was looking at me. It was like, how did you get all of this stuff in there? And I'm like, hey, don't question me. I will get it in there. It'll, it might get damaged on the way back out. but <laughs> it, it might be damaged. I mean, you know, a few boxes were squashed. Nothing of, you know, great importance was crushed. I mean. But Cormac, your job is to be good at coordination. That's basically what you're doing. You're doing, you're coordinating. You know, I've helped schools in the past prepare for like the phase while occupied construction and things like that. And, and just like helped out teachers, you know, in those schools kind of pack up the best they could to move to either their like new location or whatever. And just, you know be very smart about it. And, and, and then, you know, in the military I've packed up and when you're packing up to either a go to combat or B just go out on a, um, what's called a field problem, then, you know, you really are, you're a master at, at packing. You, you really are. So you could start offering packing consulting services as a I, licensed I, I, architect. I could, I could. <laughs> um, and, and so no, we didn't get everything. Uh, so last summer, last summer, last weekend, we moved the truck and got everything here, you know, unpacked everything and, you know, just it's box city around here. So then my wife and I were sitting around and we were like, okay, when do you want to go back and get the rest of the stuff? I mean, we, you know, the stuff that didn't fit. So is this take another U-Haul or is it just take the cars? So this was a, let's try to do it by trailer and, you know, by U-Haul trailer. And so we didn't have a hitch on the truck, but 
it, it was actually good to get one on the Jeep because we wanted to get one anyway. And you hold um, does that for you. Help well, install it. Well, they they do, but theirs was far more expensive. And then I found a place, found a place around here. I mean, like you can you can't like shake a stick without hitting somebody who installs trailer hitches around here. <laughs> okay. This is a um, thing. <laughs> this Michigan. is a thing. Everybody knows what are you talking to? You don't and, have a hitch. What the hell are you? And and <laughs> where where did we go to get said hitch? Oh, the, I can't wait. The hitch house. Hitch house. The hitch little house. jingle for the hitch house. <laughs> it was That's t- awesome. It was like, you know, wow, they call it the hitch house. Yeah. Like we're into the obvious business naming schemes. Over exactly. Here. It's like there is no question what they do. <laughs> right. Well, you could get married there. I you could, well, I guess you could. I mean, you know. You know, I, I went in to get married. I walked out with a trailer hitch. Exactly. Got a, got a new, new uh, jingle. <laughs> the beginnings of a jingle. I got bag, I got baggage one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to uh, say I got hitched. Like you can, you can leave it to the imagination to figure that out. Yeah. But, but dang, you took it to a new level. <laughs> yeah, one that I'm going to get in trouble for. Right. Well, everybody deserves to be as miserable as us. <laughs> <laughs> So we got the, the the trailer hitch and we rented a, a trailer, but they were like, look, you know, you only have the, the six cylinder. You're limited in the size of trailer that you can pull. And I'm like, well, yeah, every vehicle has a tow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, just this one time I yeah. over capacity. This, this is everybody with a with a tow, towing vehicle. It's like just this one time just I this can go one over. Time you know, I what's, can go over. what's unsafe? Like stopping is no problem if I. Oh, if I start early enough. Because we were driving past um, a couple of different like U-Haul trailers on our way back to Maryland this past weekend to wrap everything up. And we're like, oh, you know, I think this is that's the size that we rented. You know, we rented a five by eight, which was what they said was the, our limit. And no, what and we were looking at. you see a Prius towing like a <laughs> Well, no. The, <laughs> I'm trying to think. No, we, see, we, we saw some like, you know, eight cylinder like Yukons and stuff like that pulling the bigger one. And I was for some reason thinking that that was the one that we got, which was not. If that was the one that we got, then we would have been fine with what we had left. So, but what we had left um, when we got the trailer and we were looking at the trailer and looking at the size of the trailer. And looking at the Tetris, uh, you know, that we would have to do for the little this little trailer, um, we went through purge number two. <laughs> oh yeah, it's second purge, right? This the is second like second purge. breakfast for the. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> and and so as we went through all of that, we looked at everything and just got rid of what we needed to get rid of, and now we're here, and so we're officially recording from. I'm recording from my new studio place. Uh, Congratulations. And, uh, this is a yeah. momentous occasion. We a, I get to take the, the deep breath. You get a Chris in the studio with a, I smashed some champagne over that old laptop that you got. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that would be the last time that that laptop would ever work then. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's only what, 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Apple Computer for making that thing. Hey, that battleship. <laughs> that battleship is still working as re- well, reasonably as efficient as the new PC that I have. There are a few things that, like, apparently I have now reached my limit of how much I can update the uh, Google Chrome because yeah. the most oh, yeah. recent. They don't want to support any of that old. Yeah old stuff anymore the most recent google chrome does Speaking not of baggage <laughs> <laughs> my mac is baggage oh yeah no yours is so mine is yes all right so what yeah. else happened this is this has been a so many things aia conference aia conference so your you, uh your your the, uh wandering trip yeah this was this was uh i i flew to chicago had a nice nonstop flight and you, you had like this, <laughs> I don't even think we have time to get into this. No, you had this crazy, you, you, you were checking your, you know, doing orientation with your son for his college education, which starts in the fall, which was happened to be like the 
the week right as the conference it, was starting. Yeah, so the... <laughs> and you were invited to come to the conference with us. and Exactly. You're like, I don't know that I'm going to make it. And then you had you had some other issue. I can't even remember what it was now. Um, I think it was a similar issue. It was you your had. knee. Oh, oh, yeah, I blew my... <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. You're like, the day before, um... The, the I very, just heard a snap in my knee and I can't walk. <laughs> yeah, the very the very first day of freshman orientation at Northern Michigan University, which is not quite the most northern you can go in the state of Michigan, but pretty close. But it's way up there. And, um, you know, so not only were we doing the whole like micro removing at that time, you know, my uh, wife was finishing up uh, her school year. My daughter was finishing up her school year. Everything was going on. So like everything was happening at once and it was just like head spinning already, but then also to go and do the orientation and then try to map it out where I could be able to, okay, what time do I need to leave Marquette, Michigan to get down to Chicago where I can still make it on time to meet up with you and then head over to a river cruise that we, that we were on, which was amazing, which we, which I made, but I did it with a big bulky knee brace and a limp and lots of drugs to aid in my ability to actually walk. So it was just, it was all incredible. <laughs> I can't believe you actually came. To the I honestly can't believe that I did either. I did. Um, Once you say yes to something, Cormac Phelan, you don't, you don't back out of it. I, unless it's a, you know, unless it's a conference. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, well, yeah. As we're recording, I did back out of one of those, but. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to be on every single call of every single day, which, because if I was, there would be absolutely no work being done. Well, let's talk about AIA conference in Chicago. That was that was really great to see people in person again. It's, I can't even believe it's been three years since we have been at one of these. And I think the last one was Las Vegas. The last one was Vegas. And in this one seemed more intimate in a way. You know, it wasn't, I don't think the floor was as big maybe no, as it Vegas. It wasn't. I have a weird perspective of this show, though, because I didn't get to get out and go to the whole show floor because I was in a booth, which is, you know, the tables were flipped on me this year. But um, I'm, I'm, I am interested to hear your kind of feedback about what it was like to walk the show floor. I know they tried a bunch of different things. We definitely I had, had a lot of conversations with AIA about they had an opportunity to kind of rethink the show floor by having a couple of years off. Right. They canceled the one in L.A. They canceled whatever. I don't even think there was one in the cards for the year before that, but they thought maybe they would come back in LA. That one got canceled. And then now we're in Chicago and they worked with Perkins and Will to kind of lay out a new show floor with this big diagonal. And they kind of, they, they talked about it as bringing the, the place to the show instead of bringing the show to the place. So they, they had a bunch of park like settings on the show floor and they named the streets after the streets in Chicago and they named the parks after places in Chicago. I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. So you know, different perspectives here, um, obviously, because, you know, you were kind of booth bound. And oh, yeah, I, I didn't get I out was, at all. I was I'm going to use the big air quotes walking around <laughs> or yeah, ho- hobbling you needed around. a wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> Old man. <laughs> yeah, which which was kind of depressing only because I really do like walking around Chicago and enjoying Chicago. Well, that boat tour was was epic then for you because you could just sit there and, and bring <laughs> Chicago to you. <laughs> exactly. So, no. so the one thing that was interesting though is that where is New York? And maybe it's just because you know we we were all able bodied and and we're, we're really eager to get around and, and really start to. That explore. was like four years ago, man. We were way more able bodied back then. <laughs> <laughs> But it, but it almost seemed like because of where the position of the the convention center was, is it didn't seem as easy to just like jump out of the convention center, go for a walk, you know, and, and catch some architecture the way that New York or Philadelphia was. Well, now, Philadelphia the New York was, show forced you to. <laughs> the New York show forced you to because, right. you know, it's just like, They programmed hey, it all over the city. 
Exactly. It's like, you know, hey, we're going to be meeting here, 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 and here. And, you know, they gave got you... a lot of hateful feedback for that, actually. They did. But in a way, though, I, I, I don't know if I was 100%. I, I, I don't know if I disliked that one. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. I thought having the keynotes in Radio City Music Hall was instead fantastic. of a conference center... Exactly. I mean, why would you not? I mean, it was was, if you've got the opportunity to use some of these, you know, just famed places, go ahead and use the famed places. And and so I liked and enjoyed that, you know, that interaction with the city, whereas it didn't seem as interactive. And and again, I'm going to just throw out the disclaimer that because I was a little hobbled, I wasn't able to get out and about as much as possible. But no, but you're right. You had to Uber if you wanted to go anywhere. You had to Uber everywhere. And I honestly, this some of the some of the rumblings I heard was that I think AIA is when when they're putting on a show like this, they're fighting to keep people at the show when when there's so many other distractions out there that architects want to go see. And and the reason why is because manufacturers are paying for booths on the expo floor. And if people aren't at the expo floor looking at those booths, manufacturers are like, what am I paying for here? This doesn't make any sense. And so the AIA has this struggle to attract people to the expo floor for those two days that the expo floor is open when there's so many other cool things going on outside in a city that many architects are coming into that they're either haven't been there before or want to see new things or, you know, for various reasons, want to get off the expo floor, right. And go do that stuff. So it's a, I I can imagine that's a, that's a rough struggle because you got to deliver to the people who are paying for the, that expo floor to happen. You know, and you're, you're in the hotbed of all of this different, like architectural history that you learned in school, the birthplace of the skyscraper where Frank Lloyd Wright had practiced and you know there's so prevalent of of his work there and there was just you know so much stuff to like be seen there's and there's Mies and there's you know louis sullivan and there's all of these other Gary and you yeah know, there's tons yeah. of stuff it's it's incredible and and there's the, the struggle is further like the weather was amazing for the most, like, except for maybe one day where it got really hot when, and most people weren't even there yet. I mean, it was during well, the Well, let's setup. see. So when, yeah, so when you got there, it was really hot, but then the weather, weather turned really well. And then when you were leaving, it started to rain, but you know, it was, was bookend by, I don't, I don't even see rain in Southern California. So exactly. Cool. But it was, it was bookended by, you know, two different you know, weather events, but it was the actual like event itself was just perfect weather. It was nice and comfortable. Oh man, that river cruise was incredible. The weather, the lighting, everything, they did fireworks out over the lake. I mean, it was, and it couldn't, you couldn't have asked for a better evening to do that river cruise, right? Absolutely. And so this is what AIA is competing with because they're, when they do it in an, in a city that people want to go to, people want to go to the city. When they do it in a place where like Tampa, right, where it's it's not a walkable thing at all, people don't show up. So this is a, a battle that they're they're trying to figure out. It's got to be tough. Just uh, I need to set the record straight here. It was Orlando. And oh, Orlando, sorry. In Orlando is I don't know my Florida walkable. geography. Tampa, you know, funny enough, if they would have had it in Tampa, it, although you know Tampa, we didn't really have like the greatest of architectural things to go see it it would have been a far better place to go because you actually are in downtown and you are a little bit more walkable and it is a smaller city and things like that but i'm diverging because thank you you for the real-time correction i I didn't want to get slightly slightly offended that you know you invoked my my tampa bay area you're you're a floridian yes right you're a florida man you are florida man ouch (laughs) But, you know, Florida is not Orlando. I regret the error. And and uh, also, we did opt out of that show. We did opt out of that show. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so again, the, the thing that was interesting about the opportunity that I would say Philly, and I would say that New York offered that, say, 
Atlanta was good. Atlanta was really good because it, 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 it was good. It wasn't great. Yeah. But <laughs> there needs to be some, some variation in the scale here for sure. Yeah. But what those two is that there is an active engagement with the city, the active engagement with the places that you actually did want to see. And so you were able to engage with the city in a way. Now, maybe it's because it's Chicago's more of a Midwestern city. And even though there is a core downtown, there are other places that you want to see that are a little bit more suburban. And so, you know, there is this, you know, almost demand to hop in an Uber or hop in a car and drive around and things like that. But I think, you know, maybe this is something that as the committee is starting to look for other places in the future, you know, that are outside of like, you know, it's these, these second tier cities, I guess you can call them that, you know, do offer those, those opportunities. I mean, I I honestly feel like I bet Indianapolis would, would be a great place to have it. You know, people would be like, why Minneapolis? You know, why or Columbus? You know, never been there. Want, want a reason to go there? You know. Well, while I mean, we're giving advice to the AIA, what about having instead of so? Because I was in a booth, I noticed on Thursday traffic, traffic. You know, this is how I, we, we we on the booth side of things judge what's going on. The amount of traffic was was awesome friday it was not and the reason why all the courses are going on so my my advice because honestly i feel like the expo floor it at least needs two good days without parallel programming going on right three days would probably be even better i don't it would be difficult for anybody who has to work in a booth for that long but there were twenty thousand attendees there how many did i see i don't know not very many right compared to the twenty thousand. And there were over 400 booths on the show floor. So they're not going to see all of them. And if they are, they're running by them. They're like seeing them in passing. They don't get to spend any quality time. So my, my recommendation is move the courses online. Or, and, and, I, and I agree with you there. I, Let I'm, other people I'm, participate in those. They could even be pre-recorded <clears throat> and even better than when delivered in person. True, true. So... I was thinking about this because it was almost, almost there, but not quite there. So think about this. If, you know, they, they had a few course areas, you know, smattered throughout the, the expo floor, right? You know, arrange it more where you've almost, you know, where they were going, but weren't quite there was if you're going to have these grand boulevards of like the main thoroughfare through the expo hall, and then all these kind of like offshoot roads and things like that create a little town square for each of them let that town square be where you have them but then ha- set up the you know town center of booths around those that you know kind of more correspond with that those particular courses that are being given like say if you're doing a rain screen system you know get a, get away for the vendors and the courses to interact a little bit better. So when you're milling around waiting for say a rain screen type course, you know, have it set where all of the rain screen vendors are so that you can sit around and talk to them a little bit. And then when it starts, you know, they go in there and, you know, they've got a little bit of uh, insight. And then if they want to learn more as they're done with the course, they come out and they're in rain screen Ville. Yeah, or, yeah. Or I, I, that would be that's a great idea. But the AIA makes a show about the AIA, and they put their booth in the middle, and they, it's enormous. And and it's like all roads lead to the AIA instead of make flipping that and making it about about the things that you're talking about. Right, right. And and so you know things like that you know would really help engage a little bit more. You know, I, I did appreciate the fact that you know they did set up you know all of these like little park benches and stuff throughout with a couple of trees here and there. But let's be honest with you. I actually saw less people sitting down inside the expo, but more actually sitting outside. Like they, they left the floor, went outside because there's more, more floors. There's less kind of like congestion. And is honestly, it, it felt a little cooler out in the, um, the, the entry area than it did inside the actual like area. And so, I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of unused space 
the boulevards were wide. And I think that was just to compensate for the, the, I think there's still a lot of manufacturers out there who are not sure they want a booth again. Right. And they didn't show up. So I actually, you know, manned your booth for a little while while you guys were giving a uh, luncheon presentation. And as just a person who's like a goer who will engage with a, a booth if I feel like it. I, I see the struggle with those people who have booths because people just walk by, they like look at you, they may, they may, may big emphasis on the may, make eye contact with you. Um, and if they do, they may like smile or it's like, oh, please don't talk to me. You know, kind of like, you know, comment. It's only Yeah, it's kind of that used car lot that you walk onto. <laughs> right? Exactly. And it's like, I'm just here to look at the cars, man. Please don't talk to me. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and they're there to like, you know, sell you and talk to you and all that other stuff. And 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 so after working your booth, I made a more conscious decision to actually actively get out there and start engaging with. Yeah. I was going to um, say like, it's all about that, right? Who, yeah. if you want to give all of your peace and power to the other people there who are trying, who just want to have a conversation with you and you're going to do everything you can to avoid it. That's a sucky attitude to have on a show floor. Like, and I don't, I'm not trying to judge anybody here. Like, like all I'm saying is if, if you, if you flip that script, like you're talking about right now, and you go out and it's like, you're the one who does the engaging. You're the, on the, and I get it. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody's, you're introverted though. So this is a good, yeah, which good is way to have this discussion. It's like, no, like, like this is, this is about me. I'm here to do this stuff and, and have those conversations with people. I totally agree with you. Like, that's a great way to experience an expo floor. It might be draining, but you'll get to recover, right? Exactly. Later. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> on the way was- home or whatever. It, it it honestly was the the realization as I'm you know working your booth and then I left your booth the realization was is that wait I'm never going to learn about any of these people if I don't actually like walk up and engage them now you know it's not you know it's a little outside of my comfort zone to just like you know start a conversation out of the blue but but that's why they're there but that's why they're there you know you yeah. just like you walk up and. They're there to to basically you just say okay tell me tell me what you're all about. You, you and I were talking to the guy about the low flow toilet, and our next know, door neighbor, our next it was door your booth, next door neighbor, booth, that, booth neighbor, yeah, exactly. That I was you know watching the people who are engaging that particular one, and what was interesting about it is is that here's something that is cutting, providing quite a bit of conf- conservation to your water usage. But nobody was stopping to talk to them about it. Well, and because you, was... it's how do you know that by looking at the booth, right? It's like I see a toilet. I don't think beyond the toilet, right? <laughs> Which is what what their message is. It's like it was about gallons per flush, and it was about the technology in the tank, and it was about the design of the toilet itself. It was all these things, and it's like how do you communicate that? How do you project that message out of your booth? It is so difficult to you. I I can't even tell you how much planning and iteration and design went into our booth. And I would say our booth had a lot of activity, definitely compared to our two nearest neighbors. Yes, yeah. But what was interesting about it was is what was I don't know your experience when people were coming up to your booth, but the main question: What is tech? That was the first thing. Is like, yeah, because what can you do? You can put a you can put a logo up, and but but how do you? So yeah, we had an eighty six inch TV in our booth, and part of it was displaying a, a slideshow, and we had three different cameras set up, and we had audio coming into it, and we were showing we had an image up there, and all these things, and it looked like a con- command and control center for like a TV station, right? And it was very high tech looking, but it was also very media driven, and. So on one level, it was like attracting people to come up and say, what is the, what's going on here? There's a lot going on here, right? It's not just like a 13-inch TV on the wall trying to display the toilet technology. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting design problem for sure. Especially when you're just in a 10 by 10 booth and not something that people can walk through, right? That's a very different booth than a 10 by 10. So there, you know, and there was like the, you know, okay, this is obvious. We know exactly 
who these people are and what they do and all that other stuff. And so when you do go to those particular booths, you're really there to just say, let's just use a, a friend of mine um, that I've known now for, wow, going on 14 years. He He's now with, uh, I guess, one of the show sponsors, uh, not our show sponsors, the AIA show sponsors, uh, Kingspan. Mm. And all politics aside, I went there mostly to just, you know, catch up with him and, and chat with him. But I also, because, you know, I have used not only their rain screen systems before, but other rain screen systems. And I, I, I simply asked them, you know, okay, well, what's new? So it, it's kind of this weird level of engagement. It's like I visited the people that I know and I'm comfortable with. And so I went to those booths to say, you know, hey, what's new? I've used your project but product before. As kind you of know, the opening statement. Yeah. As, as kind of the opening statement. Or I've never really used your product before. I've heard of it, but I'd like to learn more just so that I can understand about it. Because, you know, as I guess in a way a project influencer, when we're specifying things, right? You know, we want to know what all of, what that's all about. And the thing is, is that I, I find it very interesting because there's also two levels of, there's the levels of engagement of like the show goer. And then there's like the levels of engagement of the, the vendors, because there are people like, it was interesting. It's like, you guys were out and engaging people. You wanted to like, you know, talk about why you were there. And so you would walk out into the you guys were right on the main kind of like boulevard and it was, was just great, a great opportunity because you were, as people were going to the AIA booth, which was like at the center of the storm and everybody else was, there was a lot of foot traffic going past your booth. You guys would go out and engage them and talk to them about it. And really, you know, and then there was, it, it was almost like the extrovert introvert type approach to you know, having a booth there, there was a lot, a lot, I would say probably the majority of them were, would only engage if you engaged, you know, and I, and I was curiously wondering why they would do that because like you're, you literally are paying a lot of money to be there at that show to sell your product. Why aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. And we, and we're not even there to sell anything. We're there to (laughs) let people know we exist. And I think a lot of booths, to, to your point, so if I had to guess why, the answer is because those people are just paid to man the booth. They're not the owners of the company. And I think there's a different mentality when it comes to that, right? It's like there's there's the ownership aspect of it, which is, yeah, we're paying a lot of money for this. This is a fantastic opportunity. People are back for the first time in three years. It, we Our booth, <laughs> what we're about is people. We're there to talk to people and just you know, engage. And these other booths are there to sell products or at least market their products, I should say. And they are much less inclined probably to have that kind of engaging, outgoing, you know, behavior that you're talking about. And and it is, it's just people who are hired to, well, they're salespeople or they're, you know, they're not the ones who are looking for a direct re- return on investment for this opportunity and they probably go to a lot of shows they were probably at neocon and they were probably at you know there's all of these other shows that are happening like the week before and the week after and this is just kind of the thing that they do and they're used to it and it's like well if we if we engage with the people who walk up to us and who are interested that's good enough you know it's a different mentality so you know i mean that was that was um we, we were talking we're talking a lot about the show floor which is interesting but i guess it was also because you know, here we are starting to come out of our hibernation of several years of being away from these types of shows, but from also our people, yeah, just just everybody working from home and now getting to the point where they're starting to engage with other people. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm out and about. Like, do I remember how to, like, talk to people, which, which I thought was great. The show itself, I mean, there was... uh you know, I, I didn't get a chance to see all of the keynotes. I did, you know, go and see the keynote, which was uh, the closing keynote with President Obama. And, and that was that was good. 
it wasn't the best that I've seen of the keynotes. In fact, actually, his wife was much better. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I think it was because of the format of how it was. He was engaging. And, and I don't say that the AIA president wasn't, you know, it, it just seemed a, a little, I don't know, a little contrived, I guess. I don't I mean it was, um, thought there were some nuggets in there, but you had to, you had to look for them, right? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't yeah. consistently engaging and it was very off the cuff. I mean, obviously the questions had all been kind of pre-vetted and had been thought about, but there weren't. And I, and I, this is not, there's nothing negative or bad about this, but they, there weren't prepared answers. Right. And so it was very like off the top of his head and there was some great stuff in there on leadership and how to engage a community and things like that. But I, I kind of agree with you. It was just like listening to a slow talk, a conversation, like kind of like our podcast, right? It's just like, it's not pre-scripted. Here's here's the thoughts as they're coming out. And on one level, it was kind of like listening to a podcast. And on another one, it was like, how cool is it that we're here listening to President Barack Obama? Right? I, everybody was there for that for sure. But but um, I, I kind of agree. It wasn't. There was nothing really like really meaningful to me that came out of that. And and I'm sure other people did get meaningful very meaningful things out of it I've, for me. And maybe it was just cause I was fried after two days of being in a booth. Um, but at the end it was just like, I don't know, take it or leave it for me. And that might be kind of sacrilegious to say, but it was, that's what it was. I, I, there were other events that were way more meaningful to me, like getting to go visit our friend of the show, Jeannie Bay in the Canon office and get a tour. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you know, going into, uh, a Mies van der Rohe building up to the 11th floor and visiting the Canon design office, getting a tour from our friend and having a happy hour there was, was super cool. And just getting to see a lot of the work that they're doing. That was awesome. And then we also got to go see your, uh, once again, I got to tag along to an Auburn alumni <laughs> event yeah, and, uh, yeah. and meet some really incredible people. Like actually flat Boyd is going to be on my podcast. So yeah. Yeah. So that. yeah. And, and just to find out, I mean, you know, I was kind of floored at what Platt's doing and, and, you know, maybe we'll put a link in the show notes for his company, but you know, there's just 3d printing some, you know, pretty amazing kind of like rain screen and huge facade panel systems. facade systems. Yeah. Incredibly. I mean, it's just, it, it's what it does is it kind of shows like the, the way that the game is changing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Totally. That, you know, well, you've you, seen all those amazing grasshopper, geometries and renderings and things like, and now it's actually you can actually build that because you because <laughs> you know in in the past you're just like oh yeah you know this is great as a student project you know it's just this kind of like wacky fun you know weird shaped building that you know you just will never be able to build and we are now on the precipice of being able to build that no you can build it yeah it's oh, yeah, yeah. well i can't i don't want to say you can build anything but you can build a lot of stuff we could never build before right now it's incredible and they're they're 3d printing this stuff super large scale panel systems that are then, you know, shipped to the site and erected on the facade out of Tennessee. I mean, it's just incredible stuff. They're doing it branch. So I'll, yeah, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. That was really cool. It was. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to your talk with branch and Platt specifically on uh, what they're doing because it's, you know, it's, it's exceptional. <laughs> it's just, you know, in a way it's somewhat like also dumbfounding and, and, prideful it's just like hey look at the you know look at what these auburn folks are doing um because you know there's you know, again just you know be prideful of the fact that you know i mean there are a lot of people doing some pretty phenomenal work out there that have this you know degree from a school that most people don't even know where it's actually at <laughs> right that's <laughs> yeah, incredible good stuff yep yeah you know, many times uh I've um, had somebody say, oh, you went to Auburn? Like, that's in New York, right? <laughs> there's an Auburn, California. <laughs> uh, there's, 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 there's an Auburn all over the place. There's right. an Auburn Hills, Michigan. But, no, just the Auburn in Alabama. The Auburn. <laughs> the Auburn. The, the original. <laughs> the, yes, the loveliest village in the plains. 
but but yeah, so it was it was kind of interesting, and so we got an opportunity to meet up and catch up with all sorts of people and catch certain things as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go there. <laughs> We did get to drive as you drove me to oh, the airport. Yes. We got to get out and go visit um, some architecture. Finally, I, <laughs> I I felt it almost a shame that you were there in Chicago, and have been to Chicago before, but have not been able to see Oak Park. And once I, you're in the city, it's hard to get out of the city. Right? And, There's and it, so and much to do in the city. And then it's like, oh, how am I logistically going to get out of the city to go visit Oak Park? That, that's, And there's always something to go back to at these places. Like there's still things in New York that I've never been to. Right. And it's like, yep, it's still on the list. Got, still got to do that. So Chicago's not very different. It was good to get out there and just, you know, drive around. We had, you know, breakfast in a good old uh, mom and pop diner. Oak Park Diner. Yeah. I mean, that's not the name of it, but that's what it was. A diner in Oak Park. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just, it was nice to get out and see it, you know, that it was a little rainy, so we didn't get a chance to like really get out. I mean, we still got out because, you know, that's what architects do. It's like rain be damned. (laughs) We will, we will see it. Yeah. So we got to visit Unity Temple from the outside. Didn't, did not have time for the, the tour and the tour that they were running that day when we were on our it was like a deep tour it was a big tour it was a long tour <laughs> so there would definitely wouldn't have been time for that because it would have been cool just to step inside and, and see it from the inside well we went in well so we went into the um the lobby and realized that you know lo- looked at it and then realized that the tour was going to be this you know god awfully long you know tour and you know we were basically in the middle of taking you from downtown swinging by there and getting you to the airport I think it was like a sixty dollar no. tour. Like these buildings are not cheap to maintain, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, and, and we opted just, out. It's so so. Here is here is the uh, interesting thing is that so since then, you know, I've gonna kind of gone on these deep dive tours of on YouTube of all these different um, Frank Lloyd Wright documentaries. You have not been sharing these with me. <laughs> I should have. But, you know, one like Unity Temple. (laughs) Well, what's interesting, and I do need to share this with you, is the that his, the 1923 experience of his in, in LA area or, you know, California with all the California um, concrete houses and learning about them, learning, you know, kind of like the dark times that he was coming out of when he was doing these and you know, kind of almost like doing these almost like mausoleum type houses and, and kind of like funerary type, you know, places and stuff. And just how there's in, in certain of, I think there's what, four or five houses and that, you know, some like the Hollyhock house and things like that are like, you know, really well maintained. And then there's like ones that are, there's one in particular that is falling apart. Well, there, the Annis Brown house was in that state of disrepair. I think it has been fully restored at this point. Maybe that's the one you're talking about. Maybe I, I think so. These these, these were older uh, ones, but you know, it's just kind of it's it's both kind of a shame, but also it's just like well, you know, I mean, everything kind of like falls to decay ultimately, right? You know, yeah. But he was he was the uh, the chosen one, and none of his things should ever. <laughs> We expected more, Frank. We expected more. I still, to this day, just every time somebody says, you know, like, you know, his stuff will last forever. I'm like, yeah, but I kicked, I accidentally kicked through a wall. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. At that school in Florida. It was concrete too. My foot should not have gone through that wall. And it did. And if, uh, God, I I was just patching walls last week. I, I hope the statute of limitations has run out. Yeah, it has. They, 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 they're not looking for you anymore. No, no, not at all. Well, it was cool it's, to see so many of his projects all in one place, right? Like that to me is yeah. what's what's really special about Oak Park is it's like, okay, we can visit Unity Temple, then we can go to his house, then we can go to these four houses that are right next to each other, and then we can drive two blocks and see three more. And, and wow, incredible. And like, it's... <laughs> And it's such this interesting kind of like, you know, variation. It's like, here's the houses that he was doing when he was moonlighting while he was still working for Sullivan. 
And you can see that there's a little bit of like, there's, there's a, a little bit of tradition. There's a little bit of him. There's a little bit of Sullivan. And so there's like this evolution of his voice slowly but surely coming out. And then you see his house and then you see all of these other houses that are, are, are purely him and his voice. And you see like, it's just like pretty amazing. And you can just see him from the outside, but still you get this amazing view of design. Like it's, it's pretty incredible. The, the variation in design that, that happened there. Need to do a deeper dive on Sullivan and, and stuff like that, you know, in the future, but yeah, good stuff. So then, then he took me to the airport, right? And I had every flight that I had got changed. And so I was supposed to fly home through Austin. I was supposed to take off a certain time. That flight changed. I was now going through Phoenix and Phoenix Airport. Oh, goodness. Um, But none of the gate, like if you fly in and you got to change planes, you are going to go like a mile to the other gate. Luckily, there was enough time to do that, just enough time to do that and make a phone call to my wife, let her know when I was going to be home. But it was like, that's when I started to feel it. <laughs> I'm that's that's when I started to feel like, OK, the fatigue. What is it finally catching up with me? I felt great the entire time we were at the show. I felt like I had strong. I had stamina. I had strong. Can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I had stamina, I had energy. It was like we were, we had so much to do. Like it is no joke setting up a booth and having to deal with the the yard and getting into the place and the unions and uh, and unloading and the the time allotment that you have to do unloading before the tow truck shows up and how are you going to get the stuff into the center of the show floor and you got to navigate around all this trash that every booth getting set up at the same time how do you get through there how do you do multiple loads how do you do all this stuff and then i mean i still felt even in when we were in oak park i still felt really good like okay this is no big deal i i walked twenty five thousand steps every day i was, I was still fine right and, and then when i got to phoenix after that first flight i started to feel the fatigue mm-hmm. and then when i got and i and i text my wife i'm like you know, we were supposed to, her dad was supposed to come over this, that evening for movie night. And we, she, cause she was like, do you want to do movie night? Do you want to do that? Could we do this thing all the time? It's like, yeah, that sounds great. You know, I'd love to get back into that. And then I text her. I'm like, I don't think your dad should come over. Like, I'm not sure if this is the thing, but it might be the thing. Right. And he's 80. So he's not coming over. <laughs> so, so then when I got off that second plane, and I stepped back out into the heat of Southern California. I felt terrible at that point. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is probably COVID, right? <laughs> probably yeah. COVID at this point. So uh, anyway, it, it was. It was, yeah. You know, we had breakfast uh, that morning that you were flying out. And then I started to drive home. And I started to just feel blah and run down. And, you know, I had the, you know, trip from basically Chicago to Detroit to make. So it was, you know, a five hour drive. And, you know, I kept, I kept, again, not, you know, just thinking that, oh, well, exhaustion has caught up with me. You know, I've been running, 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 running for, you know, like, trying to move, trying to get here from DC to Detroit, get from Detroit to Marquette, Michigan. You know, all of that was like a nine hour drive from DC to Detroit, Detroit to um, that one was another nine hour drive and the seven hour drive down. And then, you know, the constant walking and everything else, I just thought exhaustion was catching up with me. No, exhaustion brought a friend. And I had just had a conversation with people because they were just like, somebody had said to me, how has, you know, how have you avoided COVID throughout this whole thing? And I was like, well, you know, I've been, I've tried to be, you know, smart about it. And then here I go, you know, this first time thinking that here I am in a group of, of architects, you know, and, you know, they've got this good protocol for, 
you know, for checking in and making sure that you're vaccinated and or, you know, well, you've got a negative <laughs> yeah. test and everything. None of that matters. Well, that. what was f- funny is, is that, you know, yeah, they checked and I'm going to throw big air quotes. The one, in, you know, the first day I got there. When I was checking in only. Yeah, I have heard of other conferences where they make you check every day. But yeah, yeah. but still, like, (laughs) it's like, what can you really do? Uh, What can you really do? You know, and and I'm not going to like bash them for it. It's just, you know, that they they try to install the protocols that, you know, were dictated by CDC, dictated by, you know, the current norms and everything else and what other. Uh, other conventions were doing so i mean they weren't doing anything reckless or anything like that it's just i i guess in a way i mean and it falls on me honestly because you know i i had you know several several of the friends that you and i met up with you know were masked and stayed masked and thankfully they got to avoid it and then other people who weren't masked you know did not avoid it and um yeah but that yeah i don't know that's that's potential correlation but not and and it's it's just one of those things where it's like I haven't been sick in three or four years, and I caught one. And you know what? Before that four years, I got sick every year. So, I it just okay. It happened, no big deal. But it ha- but it happened. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. I w- I'm still I say, I'm still here. I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't have to be put on a ventilator. It never even got close to that, which is awesome. I'm definitely counting my blessings there. But at the same time, like yeah, I got sick. It, it was definitely no joke though either. It wasn't. I got a major, major fever, like probably the worst fever I've ever had. But beyond that, it was, I'm okay. And unfortunately, when I got home, I... You passed it along? I I passed it along to my wife, my oldest son, which was interesting because, you know, when I got home, you know, I I saw everybody. My daughter, my, you know, both sons. And only my oldest got it and my wife got it. But my daughter didn't get it. And my, and she was stuck in a car with you for a long time and she was stuck in a car for, you know, seven, eight, nine hours. And so, and it was interesting because two out of three of the people who were in the car with me got it and one did not. And she was the closest one to me, <laughs> which <laughs> was just, special. That's what it is. She she's is your special. favorite. Once again, it, once again, it comes out on the show that she's your favorite. Always, always playing favorites. <laughs> Dad's playing favorites. <laughs> and I had more adventures after the after COVID. Even got to go on a. Well, I I had booked a year ago a whitewater rafting trip with one of my boys who got sick, so we had to postpone that for a whole year because of the California wildfires. Also, thank you very much. And so the entire river got shut down after that point. So we couldn't even postpone it just a little bit. We had to postpone it a lot. And then I went this year with a different son who actually wanted to go rafting. And um, it was it was a, an amazing trip. And then we we extended it and did a bunch of fishing because that's his favorite thing in the world to do. So I basically didn't see my wife for three weeks because the first week was Chicago. The second week was COVID where... I mean, I saw her, but it wasn't quality. <laughs> she took care of me and kept me alive. But then uh, I was gone another week after that with my boy, and it was a epic fishing trip. You guys in caught the, some stuff too. We did. We we caught twenty eight trout in Sierras wow. of California. It was really fun. Just something that you know, making memories. I hope he'll. I know he will. He actually sent me a text afterwards. I loved that trip. I will remember it forever. And that was enough for me. So it's always nice to get a text message from your, your, your children, your offspring. That's positive. Yeah. <laughs> that was very cool. It was very cool. Yeah. 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 It's good to be back in the, behind the microphone. Um, it's had some great adventures though for the last, I don't know. It's been a while, man. So it's good to catch up with you. you know, five, six weeks. I can't believe that you actually moved. That's just, <laughs> you know, here's the funny thing is Herculean that, effort, my friend. Yeah. And that is, as long as I've been talking about this particular move, um, or at least wanting to do this particular move, I mean, it's been essentially the 14 years that we lived in Maryland because Maryland, <laughs> we were just passing through, man. That's what it, we thought. It, it really was something that we thought we were just passing through. <laughs> and, 
And, and so to, to finally make it happen, um, be homeowners again too, right. which wasn't sure that was going to happen, especially with kind of like the craziness of the market, which anybody who's been either looking to sell or looking to buy, you know, really kind of probably understands and knows what's been kind of going on with like, uh, interest rates and things like that. But we got to the point where, um, you know, we were like, okay, if this is going to happen, it's going to happen now. I mean, you know, like daughter is going into high school. We want to make sure that we get her set up here so that she can go her full, full four years here in, you know, the gross point area. And so, you know, we, we just said, okay, let's do it. And so it all started with my wife, um, when they sent her, they sent her a, um, her, you know, hey, it's time to renew your contract for work because they do a, a yearly con. They do a yearly contract with teachers uh, where she worked. You sound like this is my wife, except it's the yearly subscription to Revit. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, exactly. I am not going to renew it this year. <laughs> and so, you know, she was just like, you know, this is this is it. And so, when she made the decision to not return, then we started looking for a house poof, got a house. I had the conversation with my office, you know, uh, to, you know, switch to remote working and everything was such a, just a whirlwind. I mean, it happened so fast, but also felt like forever. When Um, you're in the middle of it, it's like, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was, it was both. Why is this taking so long? And holy crap, this is moving so fast. I know. And that was, and that was kind of like the past, what, God, uh, four months of my life, if not more. I mean, you know, it is weirdly, we've always been planning on moving, but never really like seriously planning on moving. Yeah. Right. If it's plan B, it doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then this time it was just like, okay, here's the trigger, pull it. And like I said before we hit record, I can't believe you have a nine-hour drive almost directly west from where you used to live, and you're still in the same time zone. Yeah, still in the same time zone. <laughs> That's crazy to me. I thought for sure you were going to be in central time. Nope. Still in eastern. Well, that's good for you and your office. You don't have to worry about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I, I get to. You don't uh, have to do that conversion in your head every single time you want to schedule a call. That's awesome. Or you know, it's just like, yeah, um, can we not have this one? Because you guys are going to be making me wake up at like, you know, an hour early or something like that. No, good thing is, is that I'm still on the same uh, time zone and still able to just, uh, you know, like rolling, but it's the, the sun, it sets late and all this other stuff. So I actually get to, once I log off for the day, I actually get to enjoy a little bit longer of a day. That's because um, you're you know, a little I, further north. Yeah. You're probably yeah. a few degrees. Um, I mean, the sun really isn't setting until like near 10 o'clock. So you're on the mitten. You're on the bottom of the thumb of the mitten. Well, congrats on that, on fulfilling that dream. That's super cool. My wife is very happy because she uh, is close to family. In fact, that's where she's at right now with everyone. Yeah. Hey, if you could just unpack all those bo- while I'm gone. Yeah, I would love to come back to a fully set up house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, so so now we get back to our regularly scheduled recordings and um, I don't have to worry about, you know, hey, man, uh, can we skip this one? Because I got to move or right. <laughs> I got to drive to Michigan or we have to look at a house or we have or, a conference. Yeah. Or we have a conference or we have a fishing trip or <laughs> there's still plenty of stuff coming up. Oh, there is. There's a lot, but yeah, agreed. It's good to be back. Cause I did the old freshman orientation. Now I got to do the freshman move in. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> at least you don't have to go as far. Uh, you're a lot yeah. closer now in the same state, at least. Uh, you know, se- still seven and a half hours. Oh, <laughs> All right. it is in the same. And which is funny is like, everybody's just like, wait, you can drive seven and a half hours and still be in Michigan. I didn't realize it was that well, big. I'm like, dude, California yes. California's like that. Once you get west of the Mississippi, like all of the States start getting bigger and bigger. Right. They just got, they kind of like gave, they kind of gave up on like, you know, 
like we packed everything in, you know, nice and it's tight. So, on, so weird on the East Coast. I, yeah, I saw something on on. I can't remember where some some social media thing or something. It's like if you look, if you just objectively look at the map of the United States, it would look like we actually started on the West Coast and moved east, right? Because we we realized like oh, we got to cut this up tighter. We got to we got to get everybody in here, right? No, it's yeah. so weird to, to see that kind of westward expansion literally <laughs> exactly I mean, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it, it was just kind of this point of it's just like eh, whatever you know it's just like hey i want to be this big okay sure whatever yeah. california is just like i want to take up most of the uh pacific edge You're like fine you pay the highest you know gdp everything everything so <laughs> go ahead you can have whatever you want right yep, yep. can't wait to get out <laughs> and that'll be for another show for another episode all right man talk to you soon all right you too thanks for listening this show is part of the gable media podcast network see all the shows at gablemedia.com that's g-a-b-l-m-e-d-i-a.com you can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on apple Podcasts to help get the word out and don't forget to share it with your friends We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.